Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel in chapter 19. have been going through this chapter and the comparison of the house of Judah to a lioness and her kings to the cubs or the whelps of that lioness. We have been directed in this chapter to predominantly the present reigning king, which is Zedekiah. And the three that preceded him, Jehoahaz, Zedekiah's brother, who was wicked, who was evil, and he devoured men. And his reign was only three months. And he was taken away to Egypt, never to return again to Jerusalem to Judea. His brother Jehoiakim, another cub, another young cub, came to the throne. And he, like his brother, learned to catch the prey and devour men. And maybe because his reign was longer, 11 years, he far exceeded his brother in evil and in wickedness, placing heavy taxation upon the land catching the prey, devouring men, putting, getting wealthy off of them. And if they had not the ability to pay, poor and impoverished, widows and fatherless, he had no mercy on them. And slew them. He, because of the heavy taxation that was placed upon him, and the people becoming very, very poor, 
the cities of the land were laid desolate. He was a tyrant. We left off last week with getting through verses 5 through 7, leaving verses 8 and 9 for this week. Let's read again verses 5 through 9 this evening. Now when she saw that she had waited, that is that lioness had, had waited, had waited for the return of Jehoahaz, and her hope was lost, she finally figured out he was not going to return. Then she took another of her whelps and made him a young lion. And he went up and down among the lions. He became a young lion and learned to catch the prey and devoured men. And he knew their desolate palaces. And he laid waste their cities. And the land was desolate. And the fullness thereof by the noise of his roaring. Verse 8. Then the nations set against him on every side from the provinces and spread their net over him. He was taken in their pit. And they put him in a Ward in chains and brought him to the king of Babylon. They brought him into holds that his voice should no more be heard upon the mountains of Israel. His roaring <laughs> would no longer be heard upon the mountains of Israel. This king, Jehoiakim, and we'll be getting into his seed and his seed, Jehoiachin. He was so evil So evil that the Lord sent the nations against him. Now these nations are represented by one nation, the nation that ruled over them, and that was the nation of Babylon. Babylon was the reigning nation. She ruled over the Cal over all the Chaldeans, over all the land of Moab, over all the land of Ammon, and 
the Lord brought these, the Chaldeans, the Moabites, and the Ammonites, against him to destroy Judah. This was the army of King Nebuchadnezzar made up of the best of the land of Moab, made up of the best of the land of Ammon, and made up of the best of the land of the Chaldees. Turn with me to Second Kings. Second Kings in chapter twenty three. We're going to read beginning with verse 36 through the second verse of chapter 24. Jehoiakim was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebudah, the daughter of of Rumah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. That state, according to all that his fathers had done, does not include his, his father, Josiah, but it does include his grandfather, Ammon, and his great-grandfather, Manasseh. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. He rebelled against him and... The prevailing thought is that, that he turned to the king of Egypt. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Hammon, and set them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant, the prophet. Which word was spoke by Jeremiah and was spoke by Ezekiel to the captives in Babylon. By the word of his prophet. From every side. <laughs> we would say, you, you can just visualize all those countries that surrounded Israel. And, and I forgot the Syrians early on when I was, was mentioning but our text, our second kings here mentioned the Syrians for it. All these countries ruled by Babylon 
having the mightiest men from Syria, the mightiest men from Moab, the mightiest men from Ammon, the mightiest men from Chaldee. What an army Nebuchadnezzar possessed. And when, when you swallow up more and more countries, <laughs> that's the way it goes, is it not? The mightier you can become. And the larger your army can become. So on every side, Nebuchadnezzar and his foreign troops came against Jehoiakim and against Judea, against Jerusalem. They spread their net, as our text calls it. They spread their net over him. Their strategic plan and the siege which they laid to the city shut it up. No water, no food. Dry them up. Take them over. Because Jehoiakim <laughs> rebelled <laughs> against Nebuchadnezzar. Didn't want him to rule over him any longer. Maybe he even thought he had become so mighty and so vicious and so powerful. What a lion he had become. That he didn't have to listen anymore. And if you watch the, the animal shows on TV and, and, and lions particularly and, and other animals, it's the way they do it. The young, the young cubs grow up and and they become, and they, becomes time for them to test their might, to test their strength, to test their power. And the first time or two that they're tested, they find out, well, they got a little bit more growing to go yet, to, to match the older and wiser lions. They took them in a pit. This simile here, this is a simile of, of how they used to capture lions and, by, and they used to capture them by, by digging pits and then covering that pit over with some thatch or, or uh, some cane or some reed uh, of, of some type and, and the lion would, would come running across it and down they would go and they'd be caught in the pit. And so the likeness is, is here of catching Jehoiakim in a pit that was laid for him. Getting back to our text in Ezekiel chapter 19, looking now at verse 9, and they put him in ward, in chains, and brought him to the king of Babylon. They brought him into 
holds that his voice should no more be heard upon the mountains of Israel. They captured him. And having captured him, they put him in chains. That was not uncommon. You catch the ruling king that you're going up against, you catch him and you put him in chains. And sometimes worse. And taking him in chains, they took him from, from one holding place to, to another. That, that word holds, they, uh, it brought him in, into holds, that is, holding places. Places where, where they held him for a time before journeying on. And so they took him from, from one holding place to another and took him to Nebuchadnezzar. Wherever Nebuchadnezzar was, they were to take him. Most likely it was probably at, at this time, probably at Riblah, not far from there. But they were taking him to Nebuchadnezzar to be taken back to Babylon. Turn with me to <clears throat> Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles in chapter 36. <clears throat> and look with me at verse 6 here. Against him, that is Jehoiakim, came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. That was their intent. Their intent was to <clears throat> take him back to Babylon and put him in ward there, put him in prison in Babylon. And keep him till, till he died, more than likely. We're going to see that later on with their son, Jehoiachin. Jehoiachin was reigned only three months after Jehoiakim's capture. Jehoiachin reigned only three months, and, and he was carried away captive to Babylon, and he was captive in Babylon for 37 years, which put him just past the, the end of Nebuchadnezzar's reign when Nebuchadnezzar's son began to reign. And Jehoiachin found favor in the eyes of evil Merodach, as he's called in Second Kings and in Jeremiah. But Jehoiakim before arriving at Babylon, he dies. 
He dies before arriving at Babylon. Whether it was just he was overcome physically with some disease or malnutrition or, or whether they were the cruelty that they inflicted upon him, he just was not able to survive it. To see this fact that he died before arriving to Babylon, you kind of have to, to compare Scripture with Scripture. Turn with me to the book of, of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 22. And I think we can see it pretty plainly here, stated. In verse 18 of Jeremiah chapter 22, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother, or Ah, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord, or Ah, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass. Where were animals to be buried? <laughs> were they to be buried within the city of Jerusalem? No, they were to be taken outside the city. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So the indication there is that he's going to die. He's going to die outside of Jerusalem. He was captured. He was taken outside of Jerusalem in holding places. But before arriving at Babylon, he died. He passed away. His roaring was silenced. It was silenced upon the mountains of Israel, no longer to hear Jehoiakim or his seed roaring upon the mountains of Jerusalem. Now we haven't gotten to it. See, we referenced Jehoiachin, but we'll be getting there. We're going to get there now. It was so with his seed. It was so with his son, <laughs> Jehoiachin. For he only reigned three months. And Nebuchadnezzar said, yes, no, this ain't going to go. He's got to go. Turn with me to 2 Kings. 2 Kings again, in chapter 24.
And look with me here at verse 8. We're going to read a few verses here. To, for you to see what has transpired, what transpires in the taking of Jehoiachin. There's more than just the taking of Jehoiachin that takes place here. Jehoiachin was eight, 18 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem three months. And his mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Onathan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done, according to all that, that Jehoiakim had done, all that Jehoahaz, his uncle, had done, all that, that Ammon, his great-grandfather, had done, and all that Manasseh, his great-great-grandfather, had done, so did he. Just in three months. Think about that. How long does it take to commit great evil, great, great abominations? Well, it doesn't take long at all, does it? As we see here with Jehoiachin. At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoiachin, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants, and his princes, and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign. That is the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. And he carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And he carried away all Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor, even 10,000 captives and all the craftsmen and smiths, none remain save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon. And the king's mother and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty of the land those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the men of might, even 7,000, and craftsmen, and smiths, a thousand, 
all that were strong and apt for war, even them the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah his father's brother king in his stead and changed his name to Zedekiah. So Jehoiachin is captured along with all these others that were captured and taken back to Babylon. And his uncle, Zedekiah, is made to reign. So, Jehoiakim and his seed. So Jehoiakim is silenced upon the mountains of Israel. Never, never to be heard again. You say, well, I thought you said that Jehoiachin was released from prison. Well, he was. But he did not return to Jerusalem. Turn over to the 25th chapter. And <clears throat> let's uh, begin reading with verse 27. Verse 27, And it came to pass in the seventh and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, 37 years he's been in captivity, in the twelfth month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, so at the beginning of his reign, at the beginning of the year of his reign, he did lift up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, out of prison. That is, he, he honored Jehoiachin. He, he had pity on him. He favored him, and he lifted him up out of prison. Notice what he did for him. He, had great, he, he showed him grace, and he spake kindly to him and set him his throne above the throne of the kings, that were with him in Babylon. It seems as like all these kings that they took captive, it seems like they had little thrones for them to set around the big king, Nebuchadnezzar. And he set his throne above all the other thrones of the kings and changed his prison garments and he did eat bread continually before him, before evil Merodach in Babylon all the days of his life. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king a daily rate for every day all the days of his life. You say, he ate well. 
But he did not return to his homeland. He did not return to Jerusalem. This 70-year captivity period was not over yet. There was none of them returned from captivity to their whole land. And so his voice, the seed of Jehoiakim, was silenced upon the hills, upon the mountains of Israel. And so the wicked a couple of weeks ago we made this comment and looked at a couple of scriptures the wicked these wicked kings were were caught in a snare of their own making by the the evil and the wicked that they spewed out upon the land. It became a snare to them. Even, even the kings of the heathen nations were offended by it. Didn't like it. Didn't allow it to continue. And took them. Turn with me to the book of Job. The book of Job in Chapter 18. Job chapter 18 and verse 8. For he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walketh upon a snare. That is the wicked. <laughs> He's cast into this net by his own feet, by his own doings. And he walks. He walks upon a trap, a pit, a snare. By his own evil, by his own wickedness, which he has spewed. The book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 9. Verse 15. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. It's one of their own making. The heathen, the wicked, the evil. In the net, which they hid, is their own foot taken. As we think about Jehoiakim and his seed, and the evil that he wrecked the land with, that he sold in the land. Can, can you not see how that was a snare unto him? That was a, a, a pit of his own making. 
one that he had laid, he himself. The book of Proverbs in chapter 22, we read this verse a couple of weeks ago. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward, are the way in the way of the wicked. Their life is one of wickedness and evil. And by their evil and their wickedness, they don't they don't lessen the lessen the snares and they don't lessen the thorns that are in the way. They just they just add to it, they just increase. Crease it. But notice this. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. The righteous, the righteous shall be far from those thorns and far from those snares. Why? Because he's walking in, in the paths of righteousness. He's walking in, in the good way. He's walking in the way of the Lord. And oh, if you don't get anything else from this lesson tonight and last week and so on and so forth, you realize that it, it does not pay. Even for the child of God, it does not pay for us to spew evil, to spew wickedness in our lives. In our way, the Lord will bring us to thorns and to snares if we repent not of our evil and our wicked way. And there's more in this chapter. We'll be looking at, at verses 10 through 14. We switch gears. You've already seen in our reading as we've read through the whole chapter twice. You've seen that verse 10, it switches to, to the comparison of a vine. A fruitful vine that withers up. And it's dried up. Our dear, gracious and